Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. All right. Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. Oh, my Joining us live from Brooklyn, New York, Ryan Nanny. Uh, we were just discussing that we're going to keep this real tight. And in your response to that was... That's literally never happened on this show. Yeah, never. never. Not once. You're I mean, cor- I mean sometimes, sometimes the 40 for 40, we, we will get down. But that's, that's an intentional choice to mock someone. And it's definitely not happening yeah. after this week of college football. So just shut up with that. That's true. Like we could discuss, you know, like we pretty much only do that with Notre Dame or Florida State. And, oh man, we're not doing that with Florida State this week. Nope, 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 nope. You got you got tomahawk chop by a North Carolina kicker. We're gonna get I, to that. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna get deep into that. We're gonna, <laughs> I, think, I think we just did. <laughs> oh no, Jason, Jason, this is. It's gonna be so. It's gonna be so much deeper than that. You gotta let it. No, I mean, you you, you gotta let it marinate before you before you peel the lid off it. Is that what it is? I mean. This, oh yeah, we're we're definitely doing that. This is the problem, though, with when you have a a team, like a team uh, hand signal, whether it's the tomahawk chomp or you know the gator gator chomp or hook em horns or throwing up the U or whatever it is. You immediately expose yourself to somebody beating you and throwing it in your face. And it's in infi- like I, nothing makes me more irrationally angry than the memory of Brock Berlin gator chomping Florida sideline after Miami beat Florida. I and, think this is why street gangs have really complex hand signs, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. So that when, when, when they lose, it can't just be really, really simply um, 
subverted. Like you have to, you have to do all sorts of really complicated stuff. Well, this is also so, this, um, is, this is also why there are traveling trophies in the Big Ten, so that your hands are occupied and you can't, I, I you can't make any signals. The, the, the only way FSU isn't already like a street gang, but um, maybe look into that. It's just, it just yeah, it's, that go- it, it just don't don't make if your team doesn't already have uh, a hand signal, don't come up with one because it, it will get used against <laughs> you. And it just it would be so much more complicated if like if UNC had beaten. I don't know, Georgia Tech, and had started like singing the Georgia Tech fight song or something, because nobody would hear him and just be like, yeah, I guess he's just yelling something. Who knows? Maybe you do like a leg signal. Like, we, we do this thing with our leg. That's our, <laughs> that's our thing. The fans you do should, it. Nobody can see do, it. You should do something that requires practice, mm-hmm. right? Because I, at least, if you're going to go ahead and do that and own me via gesture at the end of the game, I want to make sure that you had to put in some work to do it, right? Right, right. Some a complex set of chore- a complex choreography at least, right? Yeah, like you beat UCLA in Los Angeles and you have to really expertly crip walk. Ooh, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be fair. I think that would be fair. And like you know? if you do it wrong, you're you're gonna get owned online at, and at very least for 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 dancing poorly. Um the teens the teens will own you, and they should. Right, they're going to do it anyway, but they would do it specifically and with reason. Week five, was this better than week one overall? Uh, no, I, I no, wouldn't no, go no, quite no. that far. No. Yeah, it had it had maybe more it, more instances of insanity, but the overall, if you if like overall, how much of the day was like really amazing, interesting football? It, it wasn't quite that level. Uh, week I, one was just sprawling perfection, but week five had this moment where the whole world was collapsing all at once. Yeah. It, there, in each college football season, there's like three or four of these moments where it's just like, holy shit, I don't even know which like three things to watch right now. This this week was the first instance of that this season. And was that around? Was that around like six thirty or seven o'clock? Yeah. Yes, yes. And it, it always sure. it always works out well because it helps cover up some team that is do that is doing poorly but not in an interesting way like i i feel like because yeah. because of everything that happened we all largely ignored michigan state indiana for large stretches of the game so did michigan state but then check then checked in right when it was going to overtime <laughs> That's true. and michigan state was losing the old brass spittoon i didn't make that up yeah. because of a leaping penalty i didn't make that up but mm-hmm. this was right after Georgia and Tennessee traded Hail Marys, which was basically the same time as the aforementioned kicker chopping. After um, after yeah, a fifty-four all, yard kick, was it? It was a legit. It kick. was long. It, wasn't, it, it was long. It, it was a, it was long enough that everybody everybody at that game was like, "Well, yeah, he's not going to make it." It was long enough that if FSU tried it at Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech would run it back and beat FSU. Listen, listen. blocked mm. kicks don't mm. need to be long. Okay. That's true. They've only got to go two yards the wrong way. That and that and this, I, I think this was the first instance this of of a couple of games that you said, okay, absolute banger. Like we will remember this. This is this is a highlight game. Clemson Louisville. I mean, it's still relatively early in the season. That was an outstanding game. I I rewatched it today. That was unreal. And not just because you got to watch Deshaun. Watson and Lamar Jackson on the field at the same time, right? 
Well, not at the same time. That'd be really entertaining. That I would mean, be it, pretty good. It did, uh, there, were, there were a series of turnovers so quick in succession that it did feel like both offenses were on the field at once. Like a Pro Bowl yeah. skills competition? <laughs> right. Like, where we have just, the, like, the windows that move on little, like, wheels across the field. Like, mm-hmm. throw through this window! Warren Moon Lamar is the Jackson. greatest! Like, yeah, yeah oh like, Madden passing drills. Yeah. Yeah. Holograms and shit. Except with Lamar Jackson, it's like, he just jumps through those little windows, right? I could throw a ball, or I could throw my whole body <laughs> through them. I'll just take it there myself. That'd be really entertaining. But, yeah, Clem- like, this was... Clemson-Louisville is the one that, to me, sticks out. That as the, wow... What a display of excellence. And Tennessee, Georgia is the, wow, I can't believe I watched 80 cars crash at once and someone lived. <laughs> and that someone who lived was Tennessee. It was, Tennessee, Georgia was really more of like, hey, I, I sat in traffic for two and a half hours and then I watched two cars collide headlong into one another. Yeah, if you, if you did not see this, oh, and woe unto those of you who did not in any form, right? Georgia dominated time of possession, dominated first downs, dominated yardage, dominated a, a lot of this game, and lost on a Hail Mary. Lost on a Hail Mary. Came back. Came back, mind you, in this game. Right? Got up, went down. Came back with a freshman quarterback. Easton, Easton looked beautiful, right? In four plays. They take 57 seconds. To go down the field and turn a 28-24 score into a 31-28 Tennessee lead. And that's not how it stayed. No. 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 We were, I was already, like the narrative was already set. We were going to have a good old-fashioned SEC East clusterfuck. We were going to have countervailing losses all over the place, right? We were going to have everybody be 3-2 and in conference or 2-3. and That's, that's. Yeah, that it, that didn't happen. It, it got messy and nasty, and now Tennessee is in the clear as the two and zero in conference SEC East favorite, signing up to play an Alabama team that yes, at one point was down three zero, three zero to Kentucky. How long did that last? <laughs> well, Quite they, a while. I mean, it, yeah, they didn't they didn't take the lead until the second quarter, so. It was it was a dogfight yeah. there for a little while. Everybody everybody got their scoreboard screenshots in. Mm-hmm. There was plenty of time for that. Yeah, uh, ten, ten, Tennessee. My favorite thing about them now is they have gone from the team that famously blew four large fourth quarter leads last year to the team that already has four um, double digit comebacks this year. So I don't like whatever whatever switch was flipped. They got all their bad mojo out of the way last year Uh, well i shouldn't say that because there's a lot of games left to go but so far it's amazing how they have completely flipped that script like the the biggest glaring weakness um has so far been uh you know so far been a huge strength which which like watching them that kind of makes sense to me like last year they just got that all out of the way right like on the menu they said you know you're going to have to eat this horrendous salad and you're going to have to eat it at one point. And Tennessee last year just said, yeah, fine. Give me, we'll the eat sal- it Give me the whole salad now. I will get it out of the way. Also in the question of like, I always think like, hey, man, we got to learn how to win games. We got to learn. That always seems really weird to me when you could just say, oh, wow, we need like to not have quite so many catastrophic injuries and we need a senior quarterback, which they have. 
they have a great senior quarterback. The baffling thing for me is that their offensive line isn't supposed to be this good, and they've been really good. They were great against Florida. They were pretty good against Georgia. They're playing like nine miles over their head. So when people say, you know, my favorite mythical answers, right? Like, oh, well, they just learned how to win. No, no, their their offensive line is playing their balls off. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, yeah, I, I mean, sure, sure. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with. Uh, <laughs> they could be a large part of it. I'm gonna go with magic. I'm gonna go with sorcery magic because all I know is this. <laughs> okay, had that's a, good. Had had a kid. Had a kid uh, about a week ago. Since that child was born. Congrats. We haven't done that. You just walked yeah. back into the show and we haven't said, "Oh, congratulations!" Thank you. Yeah, I didn't know if I didn't know if we were keeping it a secret from the podcast listeners or not. But. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Tennessee beating Florida, beating Georgia since this East East Tennessee uh, sorceress that I helped give birth to. I'm sorry, the rest of the world. Yeah, you know, you're you, welcome, you, Tennessee. You um, you're to blame for this. Yep, and that's that's cool. That's fine. But on She's, on the plus side, my child has never uh, lived a day in its in her whole life uh, where Georgia has won a football game. So. <laughs> let's and let's let's keep it that way. Can I also can I can I just get you to another reversal that's happened that I'm also going to pin on your le- recent life changes. Sure. And congratulations congratulations to this podcast on now being 100% dad. Oh god. Dadcast. Dadcast. Dad full cast. All since we started this um this this enterprise with a name that made no sense and then we made it make even less sense by mm-hmm. changing full back to cast let's just change shut down to shut dad shut dad full shut cast. dad <laughs> we'll have an email we'll have an email newsletter associated which is the shut dad full blast pennsylvania's <laughs> third most popular zydeco band <laughs> shut dad full blast that's the <laughs> grossest thing i can imagine i am imagining it though is the thing Mm-mm. do you oh. by the way do you think there do you think there are three zydeco bands in pennsylvania and if so are they just confused and calling themselves zydeco when in fact they're rap rock it's rap yeah, rock. We play, it's, we, it's we actually play. rap polka it's corn but with a washboard that's what we play um what was um, the other the thing trend, you wanted tr- to lay at my feet this that I, I think we have to blame you for the reverse and polarities that resulted in oh good god get the hell out of the way of washington because good night no if that's you, were you, Stan- you know who you know whose fault that is that's dan, that's Ru- dan, that's dan rubenstein this- you were close spencer you just had to move over like one cubicle yeah the this the los angeles seer himself dan rubenstein declared that Washington, undefeated Washington was not only a likelihood, it was a near certainty. And lo and behold, Washington's real fucking good, and the rest of the Pac 12? Eh. Uh, in in case anyone missed this, this was uh, Dan Rubenstein spent the summer <laughs> reacting to blooming Washington hype. By, um, I think he was attempting to jinx Washington, by, kind of parodying by, the Washington by hype. Pouring mir- mix of by those pouring things. Miracle Grow on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, then yeah, it all turned out that was true. So now we can just say, oh, sure, our guy Dan, he's Dan real smart. It. Dan <laughs> he called right. it. Um, I, I, yeah, how'd that go? I, I really, I, I don't know if I really want to watch the Washington Oregon game with him this week, or I really don't. Mm. Um, 
I think you need. I think you need to see this in person. <laughs> it's especially it's especially good because his brother Alex went to Washington, and fucking hates it that Oregon keeps beating them every because his brother is very much in the mold of the person who thinks who has thought at least in the past that Washington's way better than they actually are, and. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of chickens potentially coming home to roost. Uh, but if we're talking about Washington, Washington defeating my my beloved Stanford Cardinal, yeah, I got nothing. I I have like no defense to offer here, and neither did Stanford really because nope. just just no. the line play on both sides, the the amount of pressure Washington was able to get without blitzing, and the amount of time that they had in the pocket. When Stanford, whether or not Stanford was sending extra guys, like Washington, it's only one game, and things can happen the rest of the season, but goddamn, Washington looked like a top five team to me, just based on that performance. Oh, good God, this was an ass kicking. Like, not even, like, I've never seen Stanford look that helpless at the line, ever. Like, not since, all right, how's this, not in the post- not in the post Harbaugh arrival. We going back. We going back to Tevens. We getting Tevens with it. Yeah, the, the the Walt Harris era. Not <laughs> since Stanford had a couch that had a staph infection, right? <laughs> if you don't know the story, Stanford had a couch that they had to like biohazard tape and throw out because it had a staph infection that it kept spreading to the players because players would just flop down on it, sweaty, and eventually somebody with an epidemiological bent pointed out, hey, that couch is real nasty, you should throw it out. That's pretty much the most memorable thing about Stanford football in the modern era prior to the arrival of Jim Harbaugh. This, Stanford looked that bad, by the way. Like, they looked Buddy Tevens bad against Washington. Um, Nearly got doubled up in total yards of offense, Gave up 10 tackles for loss, eight of which were sacks. Lost the turnover battle 2-0. to zero. Had a ton of penalties. Uh, can I, the, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I, no, I know where you're going with this. Let me but... go to... Yeah, yeah, can I give you that, that rushing total? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 30, rushing total. 30, Washington, had two, Washington, Washington had 214 yards rushing on Stanford, which is pretty shocking. But yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, and that was on 41 attempts, so that's like a healthy but not, holy shit, 5.2 yards. Uh, Stanford, and again, those eight sacks definitely come into play here, 30 rushes for 29 yards. Yeah, they could... Mm-hmm. And Christian McCaffrey's numbers in this game, meaningless. Absolutely meaningless. All-purpose. All-purpose yards. <laughs> As Bud would point out, he ran back a lot of punts. He did. Racking up the all-purpose yards. He actually yeah, well. he actually had no punt returns because that oh, because oh. Uh, Washington only punted twice. He had a lot of kick returns, kick off, though. Kickoffs, kick yeah, that's what I meant. That's it, what I meant. It, um, yeah. Uh, the, uh, I will say, there is a part of me that all season long, you watch Stanford kind of struggle against Kansas State and kind of struggle against UCLA, and you're like, eh, well, maybe they're just figuring things out. Nope, turns out you just had fundamental issues that uh, that really didn't get solved. Mo- a lot of which, right now, feel like, boy, this team misses Kevin Hogan. Sure. Yeah, and in addition to that, we did have a quarterback change in-game. Yep. Early. Not, right? Uh very early. We also, this is almost identical in a lot of ways to that defeat to Northwestern, 
which was actually a way worse loss. I know that's going west to east. I know it was early for them. But in that game, they stank on offense, had about 240 yards and struggled as well. So, I I mean, I don't know whether this is indicative of, man, the Stanford team sucks. No, we've just been completely hoodwinked. Or this is the one absolute clanker that a David Shaw Stanford team will throw up before, you know, recuperating, rejuvenating, and becoming the, like, turf-mauling intellectual cruelty that we're used to seeing from them. So I I don't – my answer is I don't know. But it will be kind of hard to tell because a lot of the teams left on Stanford's – on Stanford's schedule – might be might be Dukey themselves. With I mean, these, they play with, Notre Dame. They they do play Notre Dame, <laughs> but but you know what? The the main I think the main reason for Notre Dame uh, to feel good about that game, Stanford's going to be looking ahead to Colorado the next week. Oh, the Buffs! Dreading the Buffs. <clears throat> can I give you? Can, can, let me segue here. That would be the number twenty one AP poll ranked Buffs. Ranked for the first time since two thousand five. Colorado back. Buff spike. Close to a bowl game. We're getting so close, y'all. They're just going to get to six wins, and it's all gravy from there. Okay. Then, then, then they'll just they, forego they, the rest of the season. Yeah, that's it. That's fine. Just take that's a lap. Good. Do it. You're good. Another, by the way, another team uh, that is somehow still ranked. Not real sure. Florida. Quite how? Uh, that's that's. We don't have to talk about Florida. <laughs> No, 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 no. no we just, are not talking about Florida Vanderbilt on I, this program. I just saw a lot of people. I saw people complaining that Florida State, that Florida State was still being ranked by by some voters, and I was just like, okay, but Florida. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. That would be. By the way, that that's Florida State. Uh, their record in conference right now. They're zero two in the ACC. Same as Boston College. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, they're 0-2. It's somehow still ranked at 23. That's fine. You can point out the Florida ranked. Um, I'm going to give three words on Florida Bandy. No, we're not. No, we're not. That's I, it. I watched none of this. I watched none of this game, and I've never felt so smart. It it, mm-hmm. it absolutely it was a Will Muschamp game, start to finish. I had no interest in it. And, and this is, I said this to Spencer um, yeah. on Saturday. I want to apologize to our Iowa-Iowa State fans because low-key – Florida Vanderbilt is the true El Asico of 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 college football at this point. It is the game that always, always, always just stinks to high fucking heaven. Yeah, that's never it's never been good. And there was one and, time and like two- Iowa State, you wonder why Vanderbilt's in a Power Five conference. True. And like Iowa, which also. Uh, <laughs> Had a, had a, it has. I mean, a, there are a lot. Of, there are a lot of parallels here. Iowa and Florida. They really like they're constantly effort against a smart school. Constantly destined for outback bowl status. Um, yeah. Uh, can we? Yeah. Since we're talking about the rankings, um, the latest in the latest AP poll. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the right one here. Florida State's at 23. Utah uh, after. I don't even know where to start with that fucking loss to Cal. Um, Cal defense is that, what it was. Yep, that's what it was. The the sturdy classic Cal Bear defense. Yep, the unyielding Berkeley wall, as it's known. Um, Seven snaps inside the ten <laughs> couldn't crack that wall. <laughs> uh, Utah's twenty four. Florida's eighteen. You know who's you know who's just outside, just outside the top twenty five. Others receiving. 
Western Michigan. Western Michigan. If if I asked you if I asked you straight up that if I told you Florida and Western Michigan were playing tomorrow on a neutral site with their current injury status and all of that, who are you picking straight up? Western Michigan. Yep, me too. And that's and honestly, that is not just me being shitty about Florida, because I'd probably pick them against that Utah team too, and uh, Florida State. I would have feelings about, but West West Virginia. Oh, I'd take you. I mean, I sure. Let's yeah, give it a shit. Let's West, give it a go. West Virginia needed a huge fourth quarter to beat a not all that great Kansas State team at home. At yeah, home. we were looking at the top twenty-five today, just kind of casually looking at it, and. Uh, and talking to a couple of people, uh, there might be somewhere between six to eight teams that I would classify as, yeah, they're probably not, but okay. everyone else, you, you're everyone else. You got percentages of, but, and, and I don't mean Jake, I don't mean in the good sense. Nope. I mean, just, but not, you have obvious weaknesses and you can throw up an absolute trash heap of a game at any point on your schedule. Yeah. Um, who was the trashiest this week then? Besides, of, like of the teams that are still ranked. Yeah, of, besides, of the teams that are besides, still hanging besides, around. Besides Stanford. Besides stankin' ass Stanford. Be- besides Stanford. Um, besides, besides Florida. Oh, I, I know <laughs> it's a win, but whoo. It is. It is. It is I a mean, win. It, not well, only is it a win, it's a win that got them jump jumping five spots in the polls. I want to. I want. I want to add Oklahoma, which almost gave up a twenty-five point comeback in the fourth quarter to TCU. Yeah. Almost, almost, yeah. just enough almost. to get just enough to get the Mike Stoops tweets bubbling. Uh, but they did hold on for that win. But I think they get the side eye. Also, Nebraska was very suspiciously close against Illinois for a long, long time before pulling away. Also, Baylor, um, which needed yay, seventeen points Baylor's. in the fourth quarter. Was it? Yeah, it was almost the annual all, the annual aim scare. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say almost almost got the the don't knock until you riot T shirt handed to them. That I will also put for not only losing but losing in a manner so unbefitting to both offense and defense on this play. Cal beat Utah, <sighs> and not only did they beat Utah, they beat Utah on <sighs> Cal. I don't know that like. They must be ill. Everyone <laughs> in this game. Because they managed to win this game being outgained, being out first down, and by staging a goal line stand to keep Utah out at the end of the game. So was every Pac twelve game this week a like reversal of roles? Because Stanford Washington did Stanford, like Stanford usually does Washington. Right. Um, Utah and Cal completely traded identities. Utah ran more plays, like way more plays. <laughs> And no one really knows how. Uh, Washington State beat Oregon. Um, Oregon State still US, played the role USC, of Pac-12 USC tournament. Collapse against Arizona State. What is happening out yeah. there? UCLA Colorado won. UCLA Arizona happened. No one really knows. I, I have no clue. I would be lying if I said I knew more about it than <laughs> I just that. Realized I haven't even looked at that score. I have no idea. Yep. Yeah. By, by the way. Oh, by the way, that the the Colorado result that we were talking about. Ah, uh, you know, like since they began conference play, you know, two and one. So that's again a reversal of a reversal of a trend with Colorado actually beating Oregon State. So even that played against type here. Yeah, Pac twelve drunk as hell. All the time, but especially so this weekend with everybody just switching roles. 
I don't know. I think I think things in Eugene feel pretty sober right now. <laughs> oh, you, yeah. Let's come, come on. That's if you want the weirdest. Yeah, that's Washington State rushing, running the ball, outrushing Oregon. Which, which, like, look, With- Washington State has said over over the last year, year and a half, like, yeah, that's a thing they're willing to do if you give it to them. They clearly did their homework and knew that Oregon can't stop the run to to literally save their lives. And decided to go with it. They still threw the ball plenty. They, they threw forty-eight passes for almost four hundred yards. <laughs> so like, I like that. Oh, don't worry. They still threw all over Oregon. Like, of course they did. It was. It's. It's. It was just a total collapse by the Oregon defense. Right? You give up six hundred fifty yards, and they're they're pretty nicely split between pass and rush. You can't just say, "Oh man, you can't stop the run, guys." You can't stop anything. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. That's that seemed to be uh, the problem last year. So they brought in a defensive coordinator with uh, a sterling resume as a as a head coach. I can't even do it. Or I he'd, can't. He'd, he'd be, yeah, uh, Brady Hoke. And it's funny that changing coordinators didn't actually change any of the results whatsoever. In fact, it it, it might have made them worse. It's because like- right now. Are they ma- are they making a bowl game? Can I can I go ahead and get that that crazy? Because they've already lost they've lost three in a row. That hasn't I... happened to Oregon since two thousand seven. When what happened? Dennis Dixon blew out his ACL. Yeah, yeah. On my on my on my weekly board, I dropped him this week, and not a single person complained. Like yeah, like let's... I, I have I have them not making a bowl for I think the second time in like the last nineteen years. And can I give you yeah? Order. Let's let's give you that schedule real quick just to go Washington. That's an L. Yep. Like, oh, that's a su- that's a that's a vigorous L. Vigor, yeah, that's a capital L right there. So they lose to Washington at Cal. They could lose that, especially with especially now that Cal's a defensive team. <laughs> welcome, welcome to 2016. <laughs> um, versus Arizona State, hey, sure. No reason Arizona State could do that. USC, USC, by the way, USC looked good, man. It. They look good. They took it to Arizona State. So I don't see any reason if I think Arizona State can win that game, why USC can't beat Oregon uh, versus Stanford. I assume Stanford will just be back to murder bear at that point. They'll just have fixed everything and optimized the processes, and they'll just pave them. That leaves at Utah and at Oregon State. That means that of those games, uh, Utah and Oregon State, uh, they could drop Utah, and then Oregon State's the only one I see that's an automatic win on the rest of the schedule. And even then, man, that's a rivalry game. I don't know how much no, Oregon, State's Oregon going to improve. no Oregon State no it, I am not I am not so out on Oregon that I think Oregon State is ready to win that game. Hang on, hang on, Ryan. Okay. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got so, I got I got four words for you. Okay, Brady Hoke interim coach. <laughs> see, see. Mm. Mm. The this Civil is where War just flipped. This is where I remind everyone: When was the last time Oregon fired a coach? So long. So long. Yeah, 2016. <laughs> 20, it's it would it, it would be. Do you do you know the do you know the the year the actual year? It was we we discussed this right. It was 1976. Correct. Like entire lifespan. I I with, with Oregon never firing. This coach. is this is how I choose to think of it. And this is wildly inaccurate, and I don't care. Things are so bad at Oregon that Chip Kelly, who's pretty geographically close now, is like, yeah, no, I'm good coaching Blaine Gabbard in the NFL. I'm good coaching this NFL team that was gutted by everyone quitting when Jim Harbaugh left. I'll stay here. Can I get you to another coordinator? Coordinators under fire. 
people who may or may not have anything to do with how this is not working. That would be uh, North Carolina 37, Florida State 35. That would be Florida State 0-2. 0-2 in the ACC. Uh, this defense is bad. This defense is very, so bad. They've been bad for very, they've been bad for almost a solid month now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even with Delvin, like Delvin Cook started uh, cooking, for lack of a better word, and had three TDs and had a really nice game, probably his best game of the season overall when you look at his production and how timely it was. Dalvin Cook uh, was not enough to overcome this. 372 yards from DeAndre Francois was not enough to overcome the inability to stop. Uh, wow, what force of nature did they have at quarterback? Oh, that's right, Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky threw for 405 on you. UNC has a quarterback who sounds like a you know season five addition to Criminal Minds or NCIS or something. He sounds like a very 1992 quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, well, he opened up an investigation on you, son, and, and it wow. didn't come up well. Boys, if, boys if in blue got you this time, Florida State. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's been a while, hasn't it? Oh, that was good. Um, that doesn't happen often. Yeah, I just... It, here's the other thing. Dalvin Cook, 29 carries, 140 yards for three touchdowns. That's great. It's also against UNC. It, like, on the scale of what you should be able to do to UNC on the ground, isn't that kind of just so-so? Granted, he, you know, he added another 100 receiving, but... I mean, Bud's, Bud on Twitter was basically making the argument that at this point, Jimbo Fisher needs to know that his defense can't get the job done. And so he should be going into games expecting or asking his offense to score at least six touchdowns, which if they had scored six touchdowns in this game, they win. Um, is there anything to that? Is 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 it sort of... Is it sort of fair to say that Florida State needs to be adjusting in the sense of just saying, well, we only really have one strong side of the ball and we're just going to pour all of our remaining uh, attribute points into that? This yeah. uh, this defensive coordinator, by the way, Charles Kelly, Auburn came after him a year or two ago. FSU re-upped him to stay. Auburn hired Kevin Steele, I believe was the timeline. Kevin Steele. Now has a better defense than Charles Kelly because life is endlessly fair. hilarious. Life is fair and sensible. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, this is this is of course one of my favorite things to do, which is the uh, oh, how you looking now? Which is where somebody who works somewhere else uh, is now at a different location and is looking at the team, going, ah, well, funny that you got rid of me. How well did that work? Miami beat Georgia Tech thirty-five twenty-one. Uh, and beat Georgia Tech on Bobby Dodd Field, where Mark Richt uh, has never lost a game, and has still never lost a game, and is 1-0 in the ACC, 4-0 overall. Miami, looking loose. They are so relaxed. They are playing such a relaxed and yet aggressive style of football. Just never seem to hurry anything, even when they are flattening a B-back or destroying the triple option yet again. Uh, Georgia Tech, by the way, somehow still three and two. That's one of the weirdest results for me is that I look up and I'm like, how, did, how are y'all three and two at all? Because every time I see you, you're being pushed five yards back at the line of scrimmage. Oh, that's, come on, you remember the Ireland game against Boston College? It's that, it's that engineer math, man. Don't even, try, don't even try to figure it out. 
Um, big 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 variances, big gains, man. It'll all work out. I am I am a little potentially worried about Miami just because it's looked so easy for them at this point in the season. Like they they have not had a game where you, you've said like, oh, Miami's on the ropes here. Um, what happens when they do? Because I don't think they are talented enough to just control every game start to finish, especially considering who's left on the schedule for them. Um, and I don't know. Well, I'm just I'm but, just sort of uh, academically curious about because that was kind of Miami's problem in years past is they'd sort of stumble a bit and it'd turn into you know you'd be two games two games three games four right games. right yeah. you'd be you'd be the man fa- you'd be the man falling off of the ski lift slowly rolling down the mountain and turning into a giant ball of snow destroying the ski lodge. But if you look at the rest of the schedule, I mean, they get FSU, they get a reeling FSU at home, right? Right. And they they're gonna want that win more than FSU does. Sure. Also, can I, can they, they have a whole lot more to play for, and you know, they have a whole lot more bad history to shake off as of late. Uh, me, and let, they probably let, have the better team. But after that, I mean, but uh, so do we no, really but think UNC the, is that great? Well, they have they have UNC and Notre Dame in the three games after that, and I'm not saying that those teams are amazing, but I am saying that those are teams that are good enough on offense that I could see them jumping out to a 17-point lead early. And that's sort of what I'm saying. Like, how how does Miami respond at that point since they haven't had to under Mark Richt? Sure, sure, sure. We don't really know what that looks like yet. Right. So let, me give you, let me give you one reminder. Yeah. Uh, Brad Kaya is a really good quarterback. Um, if, he's, if he's even, like... 70 let's just say 75 percent of a mitch trubisky then they're in trouble because i'm pretty sure brad kaya can slice up that charles kelly defense right i said charles kelly defense just to make bud happy because that's what we're going to call it right it's not it's not the fsu defense that's not fsu defense that's charles kelly defense That's, that's not a brand. That's, been, not a, that's not a brand we play here. You've been stripped of your franchising <laughs> responsibilities. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're now an independent subway. This is this is now out. a bank that just looks like a Pizza Hut. <laughs> can we can, can we wrap up with another uh, franchise franchisee dispute that may be my favorite from the weekend? And this is, by the way, following an Oklahoma State victory over Texas, where uh, Texas's athletic director said, "Oh, we need to evaluate that." When asked, we need to figure out what happened when coming off the field after losing in Stillwater, forty-nine thirty-one to the Texas to uh, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Hey man, they're, okay? they're, they're still looking for that down plane in the Pacific. These things take time. This is delightful, by the way, because that's not actually the story that got the most pub coming out of this game in terms of management disputes in the big old swinging dick Big Twelve. All right, it was this. It was that after a forty-nine thirty-one win. Mike Gundy said, I hate that he feels the way he does in reference to Mega Booster T. Boone Pickens, a.k.a. the guy who runs the program. I mean, I don't know what I have to do. I just have to do my job. I can't do anything about it. And you know what? At some point, if somebody feels it ain't good enough, then hell, somebody else can come in here and try it. I mean, I'm good. That was what he said (laughs) after a 49-31 win over the conference's mega power well it's so unlike That's- mike gundy to just shoot off at the mouth i mean <laughs> this is pick and said by the way the, the, the comments that drew this and provoked this while taping a podcast that's the best part by the way the t-boom pocket pickens is out here like dropping bombs on podcasts right 
like T Boone Pickett's with Charlemagne the God. Um, <laughs> this is him. Mike doesn't handle people relationships very well, Pickens said, and he gets mad about things. I've heard he's written some notes about me that weren't very complimentary. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, uh, a lot of people are saying there are documents he's written about me. Like, what the fuck is Mike Gundy writing? Come on, man. What does Mike Gundy write? Like, like this is Mike Gundy's like, memoirs. Like this is like this is Voltaire <laughs> writing to like like Edmund Burke, right? Like mm, a saucy note that I have received here on the eve of August twenty third, seventeen eighty. No, nobody sending notes. Send a couple of unflattering texts about me. Whatever. You just beat Texas. You just beat the hell out of Texas, by the way. Like, hung 21 on them in a quarter. Not that that might mean anything, because our euphoria, again, we're on record as being a 9 or 10 win team here for Texas, correct? Yeah, we're fine. Um, we're still, again, we're still again, doing. I never agreed to this, and I'm feeling great about it. You, yeah. Ryan Bernie's Texas Longhorns listen, can still go nine and three. My, just gotta get this defense right. I don't. I listen. I don't want to cut you off, but you'll appreciate why I am, Spencer. What I really like mm-hmm. about Texas is that they're doing what every other team that beats Notre Dame this season is doing, looking like complete ass after they do it. Like Texas, <laughs> Texas takes out Notre Dame in a game in Week One that we're like, oh, this is meaningful because it shows that Texas is back. Well. You know, uh, uh, a Cal loss and this Oklahoma State game later, eh, not so much. Michigan State, oh, look at that. What a gritty win over Notre Dame. Oh, just lost to Indiana in a field goal kicking contest. Duke goes, Again. In, goes into Notre Dame. Duke. Oh, God. And, and you're thinking, well, you know, it's a David Cutcliffe team. They're so well coached, et cetera, et cetera. What happened to Duke this week? They lost at home. To Virginia by two touchdowns. It's wonderful. Like yeah. the transitive property by which teams are saying, "Hey, we want to show you how good you have to be to beat Notre Dame," and it's not that good. It warms every evil cell in my body. It only confirms to me and to the rest of the world that the Fighting Irish are in fact a wasting disease. It's not that college football is. It's better when Notre Dame's good that it's good for college football. In fact, we've proven like immunologically that that's not true you play notre dame and you get sick you are the bubonic rats notre dame college football is just better when notre dame loses um did we discuss wisconsin michigan at all do we need to no like did is no. there anything anyone needs to know about this game nope um, that I think it unfolded exactly as everyone predicted here's the only, here's the only i'm gonna use that as a segue just this is clumsy as shit. I don't even care. Um, Mac Brown called this game, and I bring that up only to reference that on <laughs> Friday night during the Adam Amin the God during the BYU Toledo game. Mac Brown just left, just left work he early because he had to he catch. Just fucking left. And I, 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 he, so he leaves the booth with like what ten minutes left in the game. Ten entire mm-hmm. minutes. And he says it's because it says he he says it's because he has to catch a flight. And in my head, Which, I'm just sure, like, please sure. tell me that Mac Brown is one like the opposite of Spencer, and he's that dad who's like, well, we got to get to the, we really got to get to the airport seven hours early, y'all. I don't, you know, <laughs> security security is a delicate thing. You really got to have Here your, in Salt Lake City. <laughs> you got to have your, your your liquids and your shoelaces in order, 
And I, I yeah, hope I hope that he had like a nine a.m. flight the next day, midnight on Friday. <laughs> you got to get there three hours early. So Adam Amin has to carry this whole broadcast by himself and does a brilliant job at it, by the way. But my favorite thing that I've been doing is imagining Mac Brown walking at random into other broadcast nonsensically, and just arriving at random. Sort and of like the random. end of Blazing Saddles. Right, right. Like, yeah. They, yeah, like Mac Brown walks in and goes, they lose me after the bunker scene. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> that's what Mac Brown does, right? That that he that he walks into Michigan, Wisconsin for five minutes and said, what a beautiful scene here at the Big House. Okay, I got to catch an Uber. I got to get moving. Like he's the, be so good. Like he's the special guest in like a bowl game in like the third quarter. Like we're here at the Belt Bowl. Hey, Burt Reynolds just walked in the booth. It's <laughs> Mac Brown. You never know where he'll pop up. And there's yeah. like a there's like a game there's a hashtag where's Mac? <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> like a follow along. You're watching a Champions League game and it's like FC Schalke versus Dynamo Kiev, and all of a sudden, like you know, hey everybody, this is just absolutely fantastic. Quite a scene here at the Champions League. I think FC Schalke's got a great great program going here. Don't know much about Dynamo Kiev, but they look real well, Coach. Okay, I'll see you later. I gotta go catch the tube. Yeah. Uh, uh, welcome that's... to this audio daily double, y'all. I'm so pleased to be here. I know these are pre-taped, <laughs> but I showed up in person all the same. <laughs> you seem to be putting a lot of effort into this, and I think I think your wife appreciates that. <laughs> I'm making love to my wife, Mac Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't we done this before? <laughs> Mac Brown watches you fuck people. I feel like this is the second or third time we've discussed this. Maybe maybe I have some therapy I need to go through, okay? <laughs> Call me, Mac. Let's just get this out of the way. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.